Well, we've spent much of the last two weeks getting you ready for Fishing Opener 2019. One of the ways we've done that is by taking a look at what we call Paul Bunyan Country's Big Five. We have looked at Leech Lake. We have looked at Lake Winnie. We have looked at Red Lake. We have looked at Cass Lake and the Cass Lake Chain. All walleye factories. But today, we look at what was probably the hottest lake maybe in the state last year. A walleye factory, certainly. But also, a great bass factory on the Canadian side and is one of the few sturgeon factories in the state of Minnesota, and it's doing great in all of those. I'm talking about, of course, Lake of the Woods, really one of the most popular lakes in the state. And, of course, that means checking in with Phil Talmage. He's the area fisheries manager out of the Bidette office. Phil, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So Lake of the Woods continues to be a really strong fishery. I heard just amazing reports from that lake last year. Yeah, we've you know we had a great summer last year uh, that stuck all the way through fall and and the winter season wrapped up to be a very impressive winter fishing season as well. We had consistent fishing throughout most of the winter and uh, we don't have our creel survey numbers tallied up yet, but uh, I'm anticipating it to to be a be a good one on the books too. I mean, what's your vibe? I mean, as far as historically speaking, uh, is it among the best uh, top fifteen percent? What are we looking at here? Yeah, we're looking. We're, we're looking at one of the top, at least in the you know the last uh, ten, fifteen years has been kind of some of the best years of ice fishing we've had, and we're looking at it being one of the top two or three uh, years that we've we've seen. And uh, um, like a, just kind of looking at the data early on, it was look. It's looking like we're going to be up at a near record pressure as well. So. Uh, it, it was a it was a busy winter on Lake of the Woods. Yeah, re- near record pressure, but at the same time, it's a big body of water. It can probably handle a lot of pressure. Yeah, there's there's no there's no doubt about that. Uh, despite the pressure and the the harvest that's taken place, we've seen uh, real good production. We've seen good recruitment, and uh, we have a real healthy fishery out there in the lake right now for both walleye and sauger. Okay, now some changes in the uh, in the limits this year. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'll start with the Lake of the Woods. Uh, it's it's going to be simpler for anglers to remember what the regulation is. Uh, um, in the past, it, it, the open water regulation was different from the winter fishing regulation, um, and now it's going to be one consistent regulation throughout the, the entire year on Lake of the Woods, and that's going to be six walleye sauger, uh, no more than four walleye. Walleyes 19.5 to 28 inches need to be released immediately, and then anglers can keep one over 28 uh, if you recall, it used to jump up to eight combined um, in the past, but yeah. now that that changed this year. So from now on, it, it's six. Um, and similarly, it's six uh, on the river, uh, but uh, we have one adjustment on uh, Four Mile Bay and and uh, uh, the Rainy River from March first through April fourteenth. Is catch and release only for walleye and sauger at this point in time. So that's a that's a, a departure from uh, where we we had been. We'd been allowing anglers to keep two fish in the past uh, from the river and, and Four Mile Bay, and uh, so that's catch and release only now. Okay, through April fourteenth, and then is it just shut down until the regular opener at that point? That's correct. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you definitely had a lot of anglers up there during that early fishing time in the past, and uh, and they were taking a lot of fish out of there. Yeah, you know, and the the big thing with that with that spring fishing season is, uh, you know, we have you know we we've, we've seen that that fishery expanding. You know, we're we're, we're seeing earlier ice outs um, or more early ice outs uh, than we have in the past. 
So the season ends up being longer than it used to be. It used to be a you know ten to fourteen day season. Now uh, in recent years, you know we've had some day some seasons that have been over a month long. You know, and consequently, it ends up driving our our harvest uh, you know above where we'd like to see it in the spring. And uh, we follow that 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 season up, and we do our annual electrofishing survey on the Rainy River. What we've seen there is we've seen a reduction in the number of males that we find on the spawning grounds. So uh, we have, in some years we've had less than 10% males, and typically you'd expect it to be over 50% males. So um, the, the the males aren't making it to the spawning grounds to the way that we'd like to see them. And while this hasn't been necessarily having a population level effect or impacting Lake of the Woods as a whole, um, we're, we have some stresses and pressures being put to that that particular spawning population that we'd like to address. So that, that's the big driver behind that regulation change. Okay. Um, for those who aren't real familiar, what's what's the difference between a sauger and a walleye? Well, they're, they're, they're both in the same family. They're both mm-hmm. in the perch family. So they're, they're very similar. And if, uh, if you, you know, you just at a quick glance, if you're not a, a, into fishing or a fish person, uh, you, you probably wouldn't tell a difference. But uh, a, few, a few big things that can tell them apart. Uh, you know, well, first of all, walleyes grow faster, and they, they, they grow to bigger sizes, especially up here. Um, so, so in general, sauger are smaller. But uh, the, the best way to tell a walleye and a sauger apart is that the top, at the back side, towards the tail on the, on the dorsal fin, that's the fin up on the top of the, top of the back of the fish, there's a dark triangle at the at the back side of that dorsal fin on the on a walleye, whereas with the with the sauger they don't have that dark triangle at the back of the dorsal. They actually have dots all over their dorsal fin. So that's the most surefire way to tell them apart. Um, if you start looking at enough of them, you can just kind of pick them apart. Um, up here, we our, a lot of our sauger end up with that white tip on their tail. So uh, you know that's not always a reliable indicator for you. Okay. Um, you, you mentioned a great ice fishing season as far as harvest and numbers up there. Um, again, um, you, it's a big, big lake, and, and it's coming to the end of the season now. So, um, but there, there was a time, and I know there were some some real serious situations with some people's safety up there because that is a vast area, and uh, some people were getting lost pretty easy. Yeah, you know, it, it, it is a big body of water, you know, and. Uh, you know, it, it's it's important that people know where they're going and uh, know the conditions, uh, and and be safe and put safety first. No fish is worth uh, risk, risking, uh, you know, any harm to yourself or others. Um, and I say that when I say the others, I say they're you know, if you get stuck out there or lost, uh, rescue crews are going to be looking for you, so they're at danger then too. So, you know, people being wise helps out out a lot. And then all you need to always let somebody know. Uh, where you're going and what time you should be back, so you can uh, have somebody uh, somebody paying attention to what you're up to. Okay, how many acres of Lake of the Woods do you actually have under your purview? So we the the lake itself is about a million acres, and we have about a third of about a third of the acres are in, or about a third of Lake of the Woods is in Minnesota. So about three hundred twenty thousand acres is what we're the ballpark of what we're looking at is. Uh, for the Minnesota waters, okay. and so you know, as you as you as you can imagine, then the other six hundred thousand acres are in Ontario and, and well, and partly in Manitoba as well. But uh, Ontario, the lake stretches all the way up to Kenora, you know, uh, north of north of us here. 
Okay. And obviously, you know, as you're, you're putting together plans and, and trying to make this, uh, this lake as strong as possible, you have to be working in, in concert with the Ontario's uh, uh, officials as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. We, we meet on a regular basis with our counterparts uh, in Ontario. And, uh, you know, we, we, we actually set our targets in, 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 uh, in a cooperative uh, framework with, with, with Ontario. So, you know, the safe harvest that we'd like to see out of the lake in, an, in a year. Uh, the other part of it is, too, is, you know, the lake's so big, and there's so many different, and the, each bay is even a little bit different, that uh, it provides us an opportunity to understand and get information on the other parts of the lake. And similarly for the, uh, our Ontario counterparts uh, to get the information from, that we have on, on Big Traverse and Muskeg Bays. Okay. We're going to be talking sturgeon in a little while, so we'll put that aside for the moment. Uh, we know it's all about, you know, a huge amount of anglers up there for walleyes. Uh, on the Minnesota side, what else do people fish for on Lake of the Woods? Well, on the, so, yeah, the walleye and sog are, the, you know, that's the bread and butter. Uh, you know, we, we get on, on the rainy, on Lake of the Woods and the Rainy River, those are the main species. But we do have people uh, that, that come up here pike fishing. We have a very high quality pike fishery on Lake of the Woods. Uh, we've had a protective uh, slot protecting tro- uh, protecting large wall or large northern pike that's resulted in a good number of big fish. So we have it's a it's a place it's a destination you can go and have a legitimate chance at catching a 40 inch long northern pike and wow. uh, you know that gets popular in the spring um you know late ice um you know, ice out period. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, early, early ice, actually, it's a very popular too. We get some people up that uh, try some spear fishing or tip up fishing for them. So th- th- that's a very popular species here. We get anglers that also, uh, I, I don't even know if I'd say they're targeting them as much, but uh, that do every once in a while get into a good mess of uh, nice size yellow perch. Um, and when, when you get when you get into the nice ones, they're they're just they're like little footballs. Uh, <laughs> they're good sized fish. And then obviously, as you mentioned, uh, Lake Sturgeon. On you know, and they're they're more targeted in the Rainy River and Four Mile Bay. Okay. Uh, what about muskies? Well, the muskies. Uh, you know, we we do get an occasional one, uh, but most of the muskies are uh, uh, the musky habitat is on the Ontario side, up towards Morrison and up up that way. Um, and around some of the islands up uh, up the north northwest angle, so uh, we don't get we don't actually see a lot of muskies down here on the south shore, um, and it's just it's mainly habitat driven. Okay, I know you know in Kenora area on the on the Canadian side, uh, bass uh, great numbers of bass there. Do you get much bass angling, or do you have a lot of bass on your side? Yeah, you know, we 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 actually do have some good bass numbers up towards the northwest angle. We get good reports from. Uh, from bass anglers up there and also uh you know in, in the rainy river it's an exceptional bass fishery and a lot of people you know and, and that and people know that now and they've they're starting to key in on that so we do have some good bass fishing opportunities in the area as well okay um yeah because i you know i talked to jeff gustison quite a bit he loves bass fishing and he says it's absolutely amazing uh, the amount of bass they have on in ontario on on the lake yeah, up there in that Kenora area and a little bit to the east of there, the, the you know, it's really good bass habitat and, um, and, 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 you know, well, people like Jeff, they've done a good job, uh, you know, getting out there and letting people know that the fish are there too, so. 
It's one of the fastest growing aspects of fishing on Lake of the Woods. And we'll take a look at it next. Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, where fishing is more important than, well, pretty much everything. There are three seasons in Minnesota. Fishing, ice fishing, and hell on earth. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. So let's get into it, Sturgeon. That has become a very, very, very popular thing for Rainy River and Lake of the Woods. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it, it is amazing. You know, for, for a long time, our, you know, that spring walleye fishery was uh, kind of the, the craze. And it, it, don't get me wrong, it's still very popular. But, uh, you know, we've actually been seeing some of our busiest days in recent years being actually when the walleye season's closed and catch and release fishing for uh, lake sturgeons, the ticket. And, uh, you know, I think part of it is weather's getting a little bit nicer and uh, people want to get out there and enjoy the outdoors. And, it you know, it's it's an opportunity to catch a really big fish. And, it, it, and if you're not the one catching it, maybe it's the your friend with you in the boat or one of the other boats nearby you're getting to watch it so it's a, it's a lot of fun and there's you know in many years there's a lot of good action to be had out there with those sturgeon okay and like i say it's become a very very popular species it's something you uh, you work hard on uh, to to keep it uh, to keep it strong right yep yep we do we do a, quite a bit of monitoring on lake sturgeon we have some assessment programs for them and um you know you mentioned earlier with our ontario counterparts we uh, we have goals uh, for, for the lake sturgeon population that we're working towards. Uh, you know, the big, the, the biggest thing with bringing back the the sturgeon numbers is, you know, we they'd been over harvested back in the late 1800s, and then we had water quality issues here until 40, 50 years ago. But when that water quality and habitat started getting better, all of a sudden they started come, slowly coming back, and um, you know, we we at the department of done our job just to you know minimize the amount of harvest that goes on so that while that fishery is recovering and uh we're we're getting we're getting close and uh you know we're happy with the progress it's making and you know we're seeing a lot of really big and old fish out there now okay um what's the biggest one that's come off lake of the woods well we you know we've been uh seeing some uh reports here on some of the catch with some of the catch and release uh records and stuff like that you know we've seen we've had a lot of reports of you know fish in the low to mid 70s uh wow. you know we've seen fish in that 75 we actually haven't had any anglers uh report report a harvest of a fish over 75 inches uh so it, it's uh but we have seen pictures of fish that were up to 84 inches long so th- there's some big ones out there <laughs> wow and and again, it's a, it's a very popular area. A lot of people are doing that. What and it's it's got kind of unique seasons. It does. So uh, so at the current time, it's catch and release only for lake sturgeon, um, and it, it's been that way since October first. And then uh, this catch and release season goes all the way up through uh, May May fourteenth, and so we have. Uh, you know, another good couple months of it left here. But we also do have a spring harvest season that runs from the 24th of April through May 7th. So we have about a two-week harvest period in the in season in the spring. And then uh, from May 15th uh, uh, through June 30th, the, the fisheries closed. 
uh, that's to let the fish spawn and not be disturbed while they're spawning. And then we open it back up on July 1st, and uh, at that point in time, anglers can harvest again all the way through September 30th. Okay. They, they, you, have to have, you do have to purchase a, uh, a tag if you want to harvest a sturgeon, but you don't have to purchase a tag if you're just going to catch and release fish for them. And that tag is kind of like a deer tag in the sense that you got to report the fish, and there's instructions on how to do that right on the tag, but that tag costs 5 bucks. How many people actually do harvest a sturgeon? Well, we're see on the annual year we're seeing uh, kind of right around uh, 280 to 300 sturgeon seem to be get seems to be the going number uh, recent years for the number that's harvested. So in the past we've also had a lot of people I think that have been buying those tags in case they catch one over the slot, uh, which would be which they would be we're looking to harvest as a potential state record. But now. Uh, well, a couple of years ago, we instated a catch-and-release record system for sturgeon. Mm-hmm. So now anglers don't actually have to keep and kill the sturgeon in order to be recognized as a state record. So uh, that that's kind of changed that a little bit, too. So what is the life, uh, give me the lifespan of a sturgeon when they get up in that 70-some inch range? How old are they? <laughs> they could be, it's, it's hard to say, um, because a lot of them, they they reach a length and they 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 kind of they slow down or they stop growing. So that fish could have been seventy inches long for fifty years. Oh, wow. uh, I mean, you know, or it could have, or it could have just got there. You know, so we I mean, we we've seen sixty two inch fish that are over sixty years old. Wow. Um, you know, or that that's our estimated age of them, I should say. Uh, so it, it's you know a seventy inch fish is probably somewhere between. 40 and 100 you okay. know i mean it's uh it's just it's hard to say where else uh, where else in the state can you catch sturgeon well uh the only other harvestable fishery uh well i should say the the border water reg sturgeon would also also apply to uh rainy lake anglers can harvest sturgeon on rainy lake okay. um and there's also a separate a different there's different uh, regulations around it, but there is a harvest season on the St. Croix River down east of the Twin Cities. Uh, but now we did instate a statewide catch and release season. So, uh, and I don't have those dates right off the top okay. of my head, but uh, basically the ang- anglers can fish catch and release from uh, for a good chunk of the year for lake sturgeon. Okay. Statewide. So we have a lot of populations of lake sturgeon that are coming back. For those who, who are kind of curious but never done it, and that would certainly include me, um, what, what kind of equipment do you need to catch sturgeon? Well, I would uh, recommend grabbing yourself a heavyweight uh, rod. I prefer bait casting and put some heavy line on it. And uh, basically this is about as simple a fishing as you can get. You need a, you need a heavy, heavy weight. Uh, you're going to want to have a few different sizes of weights with you uh, because it, how much weight you need depends on flow. So you might only need an, uh, one ounce or you might need five ounces of weight okay. or more sometimes. And then uh, just a big hook with a, and, and uh, most people uh, tip the hook with the night crawlers. Some people do put some fro- a frozen shiner on there in addition to that night crawler. Uh, but it's it's about as simple as fishing as far as uh, gear and equipment. And uh, but tell you what, once you get into one, that's that's when the fun really begins. 
Oh, I presume. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, probably very similar to musky fishing. It's all about, you know, finding that big one and that fight and landing them and all that, you know, all that war story stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe the one difference between the two is musky fishing, uh, you know, for those who have done it, know, know that can be a lot of work, a lot of casting. The the nice part about sturgeon is is you can you drop your line down there, sit back, and you can enjoy the company you have in the boat, and uh, just just wait for that rod tip to start bending a little. Okay. Um, taking a look at uh, at everything in Lake of the Woods, anything that's concerning you in the DNR these days? Well, you know, I think we all we're always we always have concerns, you know, in regards to you know aquatic invasive species. And, uh, you know, that's, that, that was, uh, you know, we have them in the upper part of our watershed here in the Lake of the Woods. Um, we haven't gotten them in Lake of the Woods or the Rainy River yet, or we haven't observed them here. Uh, but, you know, it's a little, little troubling here a couple weeks back that they were, uh, zebra mussel villagers were discovered in, in Red Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's only 40 miles south of Bedette here, so they're getting closer. So we do have, you know, concerns about the invasive species. Um, and we also have some invasive species that we've had here for a while, you know, like spiny water flea that, you know, they, 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 they met these, these invasive species act in concert and kind of mess up, uh, have the potential anyway to mess up your food web. And that, that ultimately affects, uh, what, how we fish and, uh, what we see at the end of the line and the, at the end of the day. So. As of now, nothing in major impacts that you've been able to observe? No, we've seen some decreased growth rates in yellow perch as a result of the spiny water flea. Okay. Um, you know, but that hasn't manifested into a population level impact for, uh, walleye and sauger, for example. And I think part of that is, is we have a very diverse food, uh, forage base here on Lake of the Woods and that's, that's, that's buffering some of that. Okay. Uh, doesn't appear to be though that the, any population issues with any species. No, you know we're seeing some. You know we're 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 on a we're on a trend here right now with our walleye and sauger production, for example. That you know we're, we we've had great some great years of production, and we're seeing real consistent production. You know, last year in 2018, we got off what's looking to be another really good year, strong year class. Um, you know, and we've seen just very good and consistent recruitment and uh, reproduction here in the last uh, ten years. Okay, yeah, it's a, yeah, like you said, whenever I've talked to you the last uh, many years, it's it's always been good news by and large, and it seems to continue to be that, uh, especially for the the key species. Yeah, knock on wood, and uh, yeah, and we're, we're, our goal is to keep it that way. Okay. Phil, I know you know we've, we've talked about it a few other times, but uh, you know you oversee the Rainy River, the Rainy Lake, uh, Lake of the Woods. What what else falls into your uh, realm out of the Bedette office? Yeah, well, actually, Rainy Lake falls into the International oh, Falls office. Okay, but, okay. Yeah, the Rainy River, Lake of the Woods, uh, the Red River, of the North. Uh, we 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 manage that from uh, down at Grand Forks up to the Canadian border. So. Uh, we work, you know, cooperatively with our counterparts in Manitoba, North in North Dakota, um, and then we have a few couple other areas, Fergus Falls and Detroit Lakes, that also manage sections of the Red River. So, you know, we also have some of those uh, tributary rivers to the Red River. Uh, you know, the Roseau River, for example, is, you know, a very high-quality fishery. Uh, and then we have some smaller lakes and re- or reservoirs uh, in, in, in cities and uh, 
state parks throughout the northwest corner of the state. Okay. Um, tell me, I, I used to live up in Rosa. Tell me about the Rosa River. What's in there? Well, the Rosa River, uh, you know, we talked about sturgeon. We're, we're, we're currently in the process of trying to restore sturgeon into the Red River and, uh, uh, and the Rosa River is part of that system. Okay. And, uh, so we've, we've stocked it many years in the past with wall or, uh, sturgeon fry. Uh, now, now it's, uh, kind of moved on to fingerling stocking and, uh, hopefully we'll be having those fish moving up and down the system and, uh, maybe naturally reproducing there someday. Uh, but besides that, uh, we do have a very, very good populations of walleye, northern pike, and channel catfish are, all those three oh, okay. species are, um, it's an exceptional resource for, for all three of those species. And of course, Red River of the North has a, a, a few catfish in it as well. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, no doubt, we're talking connected uh, waters here, and uh, you know, and the same thing with the you know Red River of the North. There's uh, exceptional walleye fishing and some big walleyes in, in the Red River as well, and uh, uh, and also sauger are very popular in the Red River as well. Uh, mm. And the Red River, it's one of those you know how rivers sometimes go. That's one of those rivers you just never know what you're going to catch on the other uh, the other end of your line. So. I do know that people love to go channel catfishing there. Oh yeah, yep. There, it's uh, it's popular. I mean, channel cat, you know, fishing for catfish is uh, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of, kind of very similar to sturgeon fishing. You know, it's fairly simple, and it's uh, you don't need to have a big fancy boat to do it. You can you can even fish catfish from the banks, and uh, um, you know, throughout the United States, it's one of the more popular species actually, and. Uh, Red River of the North has been kind of labeled as one of the top channel channel catfish fisheries in the in the in the U.S. and uh, we get we get people coming from all over the place to fish there. How does and I mean, you mentioned working with the the folks in in Canada and stuff? But you also have to work with the Dakotas, I presume, on the on the Red River. Yep, yep, we do. We get together every year with the uh, we call it the Red River Fisheries Steering Committee. That includes people from. Uh, you know, Minnesota DNR, North Dakota Game and Fish, South Dakota Game and Parks, and then uh, uh, Manitoba uh, has people from the ministry or indoor universities that uh, uh, come down, and, and we meet every year, discuss, uh, you know, it's more of an information sharing and updating uh, uh, of regulation changes and working together on that kind of stuff. And we do partner with uh, our, our counterparts in, in uh, North Dakota. We take turns running the creel survey, for example, that we do over there. Uh, we do a creel survey every five years, and so uh, one year it'll be Minnesota taking care of doing the creel survey. The Five years later, it'll be back over to North Dakota. Okay. All right. Getting back to Lake of the Woods, um, I'm assuming you get anglers from pretty much everywhere, right? Yeah, we, we do. We get them... Uh, you know, it's it's not even just uh, Minnesota, North Dakota, Wisconsin type thing. We're talking, uh, you know, a lot of, I mean, the most popular places are obviously Midwestern and, and, and Minnesota residents. Um, but we do, you know, by the time the year is over, a lot of the states have uh, been clicked on uh, as far as having some, someone here to fish. Okay. And uh, as we get ready for this year, I mean, after last year, it would be hard to top last year. I mean, it was pretty spectacular. Yeah, last last year was good, um, you know, but uh, you know our 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 population is is looking good, and you know the the big thing that's driving a, a good bite is okay. First off, uh, check uh, check the box. The fish are there. Uh, the next part about it is is the weather and uh, and and, uh, and and the environmental conditions being mm-hmm. right. And 
have letting anglers have a good catch rate. Okay. Uh, so, bottom line, you, you're going to give it an A plus. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm more on the 4.0 scale, so uh, we'll give it an A right now. So. Okay. <laughs> so, sounds good. Phil Talmudge is the man up in Bedette in the uh, DNR Area Fisheries Office there talking Lake of the Woods, Rainy River, uh, Sturgeon, Walleye, the whole bit. Uh, we always like talking to you, Phil. Thanks for taking the time today. We appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin. Hey, in the next couple of days, we're going to hear from a couple of our favorite people who are very fired up for the fishing opener. And we got a Lake of the Week coming up, too. If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The Employee Retention Credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee. And now, more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible. And there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. So there's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses. So don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free 5-minute questionnaire at RefundsPro.com. That's Refunds with an S, Pro.com.